Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. I met my next guest when I enrolled on her coaching and NLP course earlier this year. Her course was amazing and I highly recommend it. And I'm trying to describe in this intro how incredibly interesting she is and how just being around her enables me to be more curious and have deeper conversations. And I'm I'm not really putting it brilliantly. So I think just listen, just listen to Nina Madden, Master Coach, and just Oh my goodness, so, so, so much more. Nice to see you again. Oh, it's lovely to see you as well. It feels really familiar. Yeah, it does. It really doesn't it, you know, and I know that room so well now, you know, I can see all the pictures and the chair and yeah, it does feel familiar. Oh dear. Yeah, no, it was, um, oh gosh, it's quite a while ago now, but I mean, we had 16 days, didn't we? All of us together in the in the in the coaching cohort, and yeah, you know, you really get to know people, even though you're not with them, mm. you're only with them virtually. You still really get to know people, and it was such a lovely group. Yeah, I think it was really amazing. I mean, I think the connections, you know, that we made, and just the whole, yeah, it was just something really wonderful to to have that sense of being able, like people feeling safe enough to bring their whole hearts to the situation, you know, to to the, every conversation, like to come fully into it. Like, I think there was a real safety created. And I'm just very pleased that that we were able to do that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And, you know, so obviously I, I joined your coaching and NLP uh, course, which was over the, the, the 16 days, which... Mm. Honest, oh, honestly, uh, you, you never know what you're going to get out of these courses. And it's always like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And it's and it is quite an investment of time. Yeah. And it's and much easier for me because I could do it from home. So I didn't have to travel mm. anywhere. But you always think, oh, gosh, you know, what am I going to learn? Because, you know, I've done a coaching degree before, but you came from it from a completely different place. But the other thing that I got from you, which which wasn't really about well, I guess it was kind of in that coaching sort of space, but it was more about how you handle people in a in a an environment. And mm. I, I can remember, I must give you send some feedback as well. I'm, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm terrible at doing <laughs> stuff like that. And I will send you feedback. But I can remember saying to you, you know, at the beginning, I was like, oh, she's stopping us asking questions. This is a bit strange. <laughs> and then I, and then it kind of got more and more clear 
that we were you were creating this space where people could talk and mm. not be interrupted and not be interrupted by people just interrupting speaking but interrupting by putting a hand up or something in the chat and it you know I've struggled with that sometimes in my own zoom mm. Mm. I'm trying to create something or talk about something and then suddenly somebody's chatting and it pops up and I'm like oh I've lost my train of thought now that was a really I found how you manage that absolutely brilliant yeah yeah you know it's like I'm really passionate about giving people the space to be fully and the the problem with the the way people are running things is because they don't have the right principles in place so it becomes the extrovert that speaks the most or it becomes like popcorn style where people are just throwing things in and it's it's not coherent and it's not fair it's not fair to the introverts or the deep thinkers who take a little bit of time so it's that principle of attention and i think explaining also that everyone is going to get their turn and having that seating arrangement that we set up in the beginning with the order right so everybody knows they're going to get their their turn and so and that attention is required you know like attention is i think like attention is like the sun on a plant that's growing you know it's that photosynthesis thing if you give someone attention and that's what a lot of people don't understand when they come on webinars or they come on um, they're just there to consume. They don't understand that their face in the Zoom box and their attention that their present really contributes to the overall experience. So, like, it's just about setting that up and I think explaining that to people. And then these principles that are quite simple with, you know, you have a we have an order. You everybody gets their turn to speak. Everyone gets their three minutes and. Everyone gets to then listen fully and relax without sticking the hand up or, you know, putting things in the chat or, but be really present with the person who's speaking and giving the person who's speaking their full, their full attention. Yeah. Which I guess it involves managing our own emotions, right? Because when someone's speaking, we have this rise and fall of emotions. Well, oh, I'm curious about this. Or I want to ask this. Or I have an opinion about this. Or I want to say something about this. And then it's managing our own internal emotions um, and knowing that, no, I'm giving attention to the person talking now. It's not about me. And then it will be my turn. And then I can talk and say what I want to say. And I will have my turn. No, I think it's it was a really good, really good structure. And certainly, you know, something that I want to bring in. Not I mean, my Zooms at the moment, they're a they're a bit big for 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 that kind just because of the yeah. drawing and stuff that I do. But you know, I've got some masterminds that I want to do in the future. And that structure mm. is perfect. It's it's absolutely perfect. But you know, yes. Yeah, so, so we yeah, met. You might on, run a little course on exactly the. Sorry, I might run a little course on exactly the principles of how to oh, do yeah. it. Uh, yeah, just a little short little thing, and then you can have the people can have the principles and implement it. Yeah, that would be amazing. I think I've got my youngest son arriving back now, so the dogs are going to go. Oh, it's them! Oh, give them a wave. They'll probably <laughs> get my dogs going. Um. So. I I just want to know a little bit more about you and what you do and, you know, where you've been and how you started doing what you're doing and just just your amazing story, basically. 
Yeah, so so my journey is like I think I was always quite an adventurer. Um, so I was, well, I was born in Dublin and I grew up in Sweden. My mum is Swedish, my dad is Irish, but I went off and I lived in different places. So I lived in Southeast Asia during my 20s and Laos and Thailand. And I had two businesses there. I had an art gallery and I was really into art. And, you know, I got married and I got divorced. But my kind of life quest has always been uh, I've always been quite a deep thinker and I've always been asking the big questions like what's the purpose of my life surely there has to be a meaning to it like why are we here what makes people happy you know all these kind of bigger questions and I looked at um, psychology and counseling at, as a second career I was initially in the arts in the art world and it didn't give me the fulfillment or the answers that I was looking for it didn't give me that but I always had a calling to help people I was always a healer I was always helping animals or people and I looked at psychology and counseling and they all felt, and I've had therapy myself because I suffered from depression and I was suicidal as a teenager so I had um, very severe depression. Um, I've had therapy several times throughout my life. And even though I had that experience, I felt like the disciplines, they were not empowering. They were not positive. They were not uplifting. I tended to feel worse. And I didn't feel like it gave me a, a, a way out of my suffering, I guess. And it was in 2006, which I just came across life coaching by by chance i just pulled out an ad from a piece of from a paper i think it was the metro um, and i went to a little coaching seminar and i was got so excited by the tools and about the principles that this lady was talking about she was talking about how we all have the resources and how we're empowered and i took it from there and i i just developed kept developing it learned nlp and found that they were really empowering and helped me to change my own life. And also with the people that I met, you know, just meeting like-minded people that were looking to make, like to have purpose in their lives, to make something, you know, quite fantastic. Because if we're lucky, we're here for 80 years, 90 years. So we really got to do it. I feel like we have to do something with it. You know, that's the most important thing. We have to be happy ourselves, but we also have to make it a better place for other people so other people can be happy. So, yeah, and that's how I came into it. And I guess it's kind of grown from there. So it's 15 years. I've been delivering coaching courses since 2012. And I've been a coach and a therapist since 2007, 2008, when I started. Gosh, so a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I'm kind of just picking up on what you were saying just there, you know, we're here to be happy and to, you know, we've all got some kind of a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I know the other thing that I absolutely loved about your course was the fact, you know, it was coaching, it was NLP, you brought in the meditation, you brought in, you know, snippets of the law of attraction, which I'm just, honestly, I just absolutely love. Um, I'm listening to all of the Abraham Hicks, uh, uh, Infinite Intelligence, the podcast. And I, I do you listen to it? 
yeah. I mean, I have I have listened to it. Yeah. I just love it. She's she is the most hilarious woman. <laughs> she's just brilliant. And what I what I love about her is, I mean, she comes out with this amazing stuff. Mm. Well, comes out with, you know, through Esther. But I just love the way that she can, you know, if so, if somebody's kind of taking up too much time, mm. um, it's just like, right, okay, yeah, we're, we're on to the next now. And there's no, but it's all done in a in a just a really great way. There's no nastiness. There's no mm. kind of, you know, but it's like, okay, are we done? Right, no, well, I'm done with you. Okay, on the next. And I think I just, I love it. I absolutely, and she has, Oh, I just think it's brilliant. I'm even looking at going on one of her cruises. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I think we speak when we speak. So when we speak from a soul level, uh, we're connected to like an infinite understanding. And that makes us incredibly interesting when we speak from that level. And I think when we speak from a heart, the heart as well is also, you know, something incredible. You know, when you speak deeply from the heart, People sit up and listen to you. And it's when you go into like a fearful mind and start spinning around that it becomes something that, again, it's not interesting now. We've got to move on because we're not bringing our whole hearts. We're just repeating our patterns or telling a story we've told 15 times before because we're irritated with something. You know, people, some people call it ego, other people call it other things. But what, what, what you know, and it's so fascinating to listen to someone, is because they're speaking from the heart. And usually it's because it's fresh. What they're saying is something that they're just thinking in the moment. They haven't thought it before. It's not rehearsed. And that's when it becomes, I think, when people, people become really fascinating. And we talk about connecting. Like, everyone's talking about connecting and community. But we re- it's required, like we have to connect with ourselves. We have to speak from the heart when we're connected. And that's how we then automatically connect with anybody that we're speaking to. I think that's the key. Yeah. yeah no. That's my freshest thinking. And, and yes. And, <laughs> and you, you know, when you're when you're obviously coaching, you know, your clients and you have people who want help and everything, I find that there are there are well there's all sorts of different kinds of people but I find that there are sort of like almost two different camps one that is open-minded enough to be able to look inside and go well hang on a second you know if I need to make any changes it's got to be through me and I need to make changes to to who I am how I behave how I react and then there are the other camp of people, and I think we probably a, a sort of many people kind of go through both, I think, who intrinsically just don't take responsibility and blame everything on something else or someone else or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you're coaching someone, it's, it's re- well, I find it really hard. I'm more of a mentor than a coach because I like to, I tend to find solutions that have helped me that will help mm-hmm. then help somebody else mm-hmm. rather with the true coaching it's all about getting that person to kind of you know um but if somebody yeah. really doesn't take responsibility for their own actions it's quite difficult isn't it it's not it's not that difficult I don't think it's that difficult because they come from a place of of powerlessness helplessness hopelessness which is you know they're in the bottom of the gutter basically. And as a coach, we're about 
kind of stretching out a hand and helping people up. And they're going to say, oh, I can't get out. I'm stuck in the mud. I'm in the gutter. There's no point because they've given up. But we don't have to give up on them just because they've given up. And if someone is there in front of you, even if they have paid just a minimal amount of money, they've still given, they're still given like an hour of their time. So they're still invested. So there's a little part of them that knows that they can change and that they can come out of it. They just need the right approach. Mm. And that thing of saying, oh, I can't change, da, 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 that's just a cry for help. It's like they're not saying I can't change. They're saying, please help me change. Mm. Yeah. I mean, my, my ex-husband was very much in that camp. Truly, truly believe, and sadly, you know, he, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to stay uh, mm-hmm. on on this earth. But you know, he truly believed that he was who he was, and he couldn't change. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was heartbreaking because obviously, I, I'm very open minded, and I'm, I'm complete opposite of that. And it's, you know, I found it really, really sad that he truly believed that he was just this is who he was. He, he couldn't do anything else. He. He was stuck in the same job. You know, he said he hated his job. He didn't hate his job. He loved mm-hmm. his job. He said he hated routine, but he didn't hate routine. He loved routine, you know. And it's, you know what, I, I, I sometimes I say, and I think I wish I could have helped him. I wish I could have given him some sort of something else to work with. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not my responsibility to, to be able to do that. It's his responsibility. And, and there are, you know, so many people out there like that. And I... I mean, do you have any insight into how you help someone like that? Well, I think, first of all, you know, first of all, one of the things that, you know, we sort of teach really early on in the course is that everyone has the resources within them to make decisions about their own lives. I mean, we're talking about adults, right, functioning adults here, obviously not kids, but, and everyone has their own life path and their own life journey. And just because something worked for me doesn't mean that that's the right thing for them. I mean, I have a, you know, I have an ex as well. Um, and, well, you know, for him, it's it's all about the, the pasta and the pizza and the olive oil and the wine. And, and as long as he has that, then he's going to be happy. And there isn't the intellectual curiosity or the emotional uh, intelligence or depth that maybe someone like you and I would be looking for. But they may be happy where they are. It, we say sort of like people have to, ask for it as well like you have to create that space so people come to you and say you know I'd really like some coaching on this can you help me and if they don't come to you it's not really our business to interfere with their life path because they may be on the perfect path for them and if they do come and say help me then we can help them and maybe it's not it maybe it's not on our timeline. Maybe you and I would change really fast as soon as we discovered something. Maybe it takes another person a year to make a change that we think should could be made in a month. But everyone has their own unique path, you know, as well. We have to be very respectful and look at every equality is something that I really value as well. So when I'm looking at someone who is complaining and looking helpless and hopeless, I have to look at them as an equal to myself and to anyone else they I I have to have a filter of equality when I look at them if you know and help them as much as I can if that makes sense yeah definitely and and that you know is such an incredible uh, quality to have because it's very easy to be judgmental 
mm. you know, to, to look at somebody and judge them. And for, for you to be able to look at somebody and see them as an equal, you know, they won't have they don't have the same values or anything as you. And and that that's what makes for, you know, an exceptional coach, doesn't it? Because you're just looking at them with with new eyes. You're not seeing anything, you know, going on or judging them or anything like that. One of the things that I I learned so much on your course, honestly, I, I keep going back to it and looking through the notes. I, I just I just loved it. And one of the things that I well, there's a couple of things, but one of them that kind of leads on from this is the the map of the world mm. or the you know territory and map of the world. And it's something that I bring into how I talk to people now. And you know, if somebody's got a problem or I'm, we're talking through something, and really, really understanding that how I see the world is totally unique to me and my experience. Mm. You know how somebody else sees it; it's not they're not wrong and I'm right and that's a really interesting subject to sort of get your teeth into isn't it Mm. yeah and I think that's you know we have to remind ourselves of that and then look at like like that and match that with this like core value of equality where I'm looking at everyone being an equal as a you know as in terms of their own personal power in terms of their thinking ability they may not be equal in a hierarchy but and then understanding that everyone has their own completely unique way of looking at the world you know it it then becomes arrogant and presumptuous of me to say that I have the solution for you you know that would just like be crazy you know (laughs) because you're you and you have all your experience and all your history and all your knowledge and all the relationships that you've had in your life and they've got brought you to this point you're the best person to think about your own issues you know and as a coach we are just facilitating to create the best space for you to think at your very best that's that's what it is you know I think that's what it's all about yeah definitely definitely you can become your own mentor and your own wise guide and your own guru you're listening to the guru within that's the goal yeah yeah and I you know when when I go through these you know sort of uh, I don't know these like personal development things and everything and you learn about these things always I'm, I am very curious I've realized I am very curious and I want to learn more about you know how I take and how others take and everything but you know, learning it, it it almost makes you think, oh, why don't they teach this in schools? Mm. Why don't they teach all of this incredible stuff? Mm. Um, and it would, you know, my my um, my youngest has just left school, and bless him, he crashed his car last week. He's oh. absolutely fine, but we had to. There's all of that fallout from it, all of the phone in the insurance and all of that kind of stuff, and blah blah blah. He was like, Mum, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to call. I don't know what I need. I don't know this. I don't know that. He said, why didn't they teach me this in school? Why didn't they teach me how to lead my life? <laughs> it's and a I guess- good question. It's an extremely good question. And I don't know the answer to it. It's an incredibly good question. There's a lot of things they don't teach. I know. And a lot of, a lot of probably stuff that they don't need to. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, luckily he's got he's got me, and I can teach mm. him. And I can sort of show him what he needs to do, you know. And um, and all three of mine are, are sort of you know really really 
quite well grounded and mm. you know but it, yeah stuff like that is like oh gosh honestly can you imagine what yeah what people would turn out like if they knew all of these things and they knew how they how they worked inside it would just be things would be very different I think yeah and if they could teach a more emotional intelligence and more practical things like life skills and money things and yeah yeah god knows why I have no answer I have no idea why they don't teach so many useful things Mad, madness um and then the other thing that I absolutely fell in love with and I'm like oh my goodness I just I just adore this and I, I I've probably got completely the wrong label for it but is it's the the presupposition it's what you take in and then your brain um kind of whirls it around decides what it is that's been mm. filtered in and then it comes out with the answer and how you can have two different people basically saying exactly the same thing with different words yeah one will make you feel amazing and empowered and the other one will make you feel so miserable you want to go back to bed but they basically said the same (laughs) yeah yeah I guess what you're probably referring to um if if I if I understand you is the kind of presuppositions that kind of are carried in the language right versus you know it's kind of uh, like you know how are we going to celebrate when your podcast is reaching 50,000 downloads Bonnie well we're going to have a party right when that happens the presupposition there is that the you are going to reach lots of people and there are going to be lots of downloads I'm not you know that's one like type of presupposition right versus another type of presupposition is yeah I guess you know Bonnie you could try doing a podcast and then I guess you know if it fails then you can come up with something different you know then you're going to go Cheers, you know. Yeah. Also trying to maybe be supportive, but coming, you know, maybe a little bit misguided, coming from different directions. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just what are we assuming? Like what are we projecting? What are we seeing in the other person? Right. I think, yeah, that's a huge thing. How am I communicating and being aware of it? And yeah. also that thing of listening, like what am I looking for and what am I listening for? Because you know, appreciation is another core value of mine. And I think if we learn to look for what is amazing in people and what is amazing, uh, you know, we can really start to see what people's superpowers are and they don't know those themselves. And you have the best expression in the course, which I've used, the bonnie glasses. Do you remember? (laughs) You you said something along the lines like, ladies, if, if you could see yourself the way I see you, like if I could take my glasses off and give them to you and you could see yourself the way I see you, you would understand how bloody amazing you are, mm-hmm. right? And this is something we don't do much. We don't appreciate each other. We don't, we, we don't look for it. And I think it's a fault, you know, it's a fault and a failing of us, of us when we don't see appreciation. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of looking if we have 50,000 pieces of information that comes to us, what are we filtering for? Are we filtering for what is really amazing in the person in front of us? Or are we filtering for what is wrong or how they don't fit our expectations or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I find a lot of that as well is how you are within yourself. So I am, I'm, you know, a, 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 
very positive person. I, you know, I have my moments and everything. And I'm really working hard on appreciating everything, mm. you know, even if I have, you know, so for example, Sid had his car crash last Monday, which kind of, you know, kicked up this whole thing of having to call insurance companies, had mm. to get in touch with the police, had to do this, that, and the other. And on the Tuesday, I was in a, I had a team meeting and I was in the team meeting and my head wasn't in it. And I just went, I, I, I can't do this meeting. I'm really sorry. You carry on. I'm not going to be in the meeting and this whole day. And I basically wrote the whole day off and it was just mm. like, I, I just can't do this because I was so stressed about the, the, the website's not working properly and you're trying to do something that doesn't work. And then because I was stressed anyway, that was kind of exacerbating it from that. I could have just gone, the, the whole week could have just been written off. But actually, I sat, I reflected, and what I kind of came up with was, actually, I had to almost go through this experience of being fed up, not being in the meeting, to come to the conclusion that I didn't need to be in the meeting, and I could have been some doing something much more productive. Mm. And it's then led me to go, I want to just very slightly restructure how my working week mm. works and that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have been th- put through this crack beforehand I'm not saying it, you know his accident was meant to be or anything like that but I could have taken it one of two ways I could have gone oh my god this is awful my whole week's ruined or I could have gone this has taught me a really great lesson that I don't need to do this 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 and this and I can restructure things so that my week is better and I took it as that uh, but I'm very much in that sort of uh, frame of mind. I'm very much in something rubbish happens. I'll reflect on it and I'll take a lesson from it and I'll learn from it um, rather than going into getting all, you know, upset about it long term. And that, I think, has really, really over the last sort of, I'd say, 18 months, I've really started to appreciate everything. Mm. You know, a, a journey in a car and I'm held up by a tractor my initial thoughts are oh for goodness sake I'm behind a tractor this is really slow and then I'm like hang on a second I can listen to more of my podcast because mm-hmm. I'm going really slow I'm in the car for an extra 20 minutes wow isn't this great mm. <laughs> you know I'm just being in the countryside to have a tractor it's pretty awesome as well yeah no absolutely Bonnie I, I think we have a choice, but I also think like we're being quite resilient and we're quite positive. And I think that has a sort of quite a healthy, of quite a healthy baseline. But when you are suffering and you're in pain, you need help. You know, you, you can't really be expected necessarily to have a healthy baseline. If you have had, you know, trauma, you had to have suffering, you know, then we are going to be in pain. And when you're in pain, you do, you're more judgmental to others because you've got such low opinion of yourself. You're going to be judging others to try to raise yourself up a little bit. You know, you're going to have very low self-esteem and you're also going to have very low confidence. So things that trigger you are going to be going to be like smaller things are going to trigger you and it's going to set you into a spin. And this is kind of how our nervous system reacts as well. And in those cases, it's hard. Like I think the positivity can become toxic, right? You know, toxic positivity because people don't have the depth to understand that people that are in pain can't really be positive. 
So it's the pain element there, you know, that needs to be looked at and and they need help with that. And I think that's where therapy can come in. You know, I'm qualified as a, just qualified as an EMDR therapist as well, which deals with trauma, more of the, you know, the much harder stuff really. And it's extraordinary once you can help people with those underlying traumas, how they can be released from yeah. their behaviors. And actually, you know, you talked about your ex and I talked about, you know, I think a lot of that stuff is, is sort of trauma related and unresolved. And trauma sounds very dramatic. It doesn't always have to be so dramatic, but unresolved issues and people end up coping. So they have these coping mechanisms with, you know, maybe they feel helpless and hopeless. It's a coping mechanism. Well, they complain a lot. I mean, I've lived with somebody for a long time who suffered from chronic depression mm. and who, who in the end ended his life. So, you know, I and it was I, f- I found it a, a real it was it was awful. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, I mean, it was horrific for him, clearly. It's very I find it really, really hard and I'm, I do reflect on it and I do think about it and I try to understand. But we were almost like poles apart. Mm-hmm. You, know? you have to be probably, you know, because being around someone, even just your mirror neurons are going to like, you're going to respond and absorb that person's energy and emotional feelings because that's how we are as humans we are intimately connected to the people around us and if someone is in depression or in pain we're going to feel their pain because that's how humans survived ultimately like when they were on the Serengeti right to empathy and through rapport so it's almost like a coping mechanism I guess maybe that you developed to be the polar opposite to create as much distance from that suffering that you could so it wouldn't drag you down basically so you, how else could you live with someone you'd be yeah. in the pit of despair with them no that would have been of course and you know having the family and everything like that but it's you know what one of the things that I try to do and I and I'm not sure whether it is I'm not sure whether it's the right thing to do or not but it, I mean it, it feels like um, it feels like the right thing, but with my uh, with my groups, what I'm trying to get people to do. So when somebody draws a a, a piece of art and they're a beginner, mm-hmm. you you know sometimes you'll get oh my goodness I've drawn this I'm so proud of it blah 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 and it doesn't matter what it looks like mm-hmm. because in their eyes they're incredibly proud of it mm-hmm. you know like me with my first drawing I was incredibly proud of it it you know I look back on it now and I think well. You know, it wasn't very good, but I was really proud of it because that the kind of person I am. You'll then get somebody else who draws something and, and it would be really good. And they'll go, it's rubbish. I, I'm th- This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And they could they find all of the bad things about it, but they can't pick up on any of the good things. And what I'm trying to do in my groups is encourage people to. Yes, they can ask, you know, obviously ask for help. Yes, they can point out the bits that they found challenging, but really find something that they love about their drawing even if it's I finished the damn thing (laughs) you know but just find something that is a positive because I just think if you you know if you're in that environment and you start using a little bit more positive language around stuff that you do 
that can only be a good thing. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, somebody can can go from being, you know, low confidence and, you know, a little bit depressed, have no self-belief to, to mm. you know, saying happy things and they'll be happy. But I think having that, starting to build some some different habits, different ways about how they see things. Yeah. You, you can, know, yeah. There is some research around the five to one ratio, which is couples that stay together. If there's five positive interactions to every one negative, they will likely make it. But if there's less than five positive interactions, they're not going to make it. And with the appreciation, I mean, it, it could be quite easy to implement some small rules where you have a five to one ratio where you can say, yes, you can criticize your own drawing and ask for help with it. But before you do that, you have to mention five things that you like about it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Amazing idea. Right. When we come off this podcast, I'm I'm going to go and change my rule. <laughs> five to one. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm happy to answer it, but first I want to hear the five one things that you like. That is an amazing, I love that. I absolutely love that. The key to coaching is to get people to do the work, you know. And yeah. So you've got to set things up a little bit, like, that make them, that force them to sort of, because then they have to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 again, you know, it's like me saying, just here, here's my glasses. Have a yeah. look at what I see, because I'm seeing this amazing piece of work. Yeah. Um, you know, it may, and it makes me really sad that that people, yeah. you know, feel that they're not doing great stuff. And then think of it like, you know, that's also how they treat themselves. You know, that's how they look in the mirror in the morning. That's how they get dressed. You know, the same the same attitude they have to their drawing, they're going to have to themselves. That's the saddest thing. Mm. Yeah, because it's not because it isn't true, but mm. but things will have happened in their lives and and you know all of those different experiences and everything you know and a lot of people are just sort of squashed down and mm-hmm. and made to believe that you know they're not good enough or that you know which is is incredibly upsetting yeah and it's very sad and and it's a safety mechanism most things can be traced back to trying to stay safe you know uh maybe it was dangerous for them to be happy and proud about something they did or be happy and proud about themselves maybe that was really dangerous for them growing up so they they developed this mechanism that if I criticize myself I get in there before anyone else can do it I take the power away from other people if I say I'm shit I get in there before my mom or my dad or my brother or sister or whoever you know yeah yeah I I mean you know I've done that in the past I'll make jokes about my size Mm. so that I get in there so that nobody else feels they have to and and in all reality nobody else would have done (laughs) no no but it became safe to do that somehow which is yeah yeah oh gosh honestly it's all so 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 interesting it really Mm. is it really is the other the other thing as well that I'm really starting to appreciate is the meditation side of things. Mm. I, I struggle <laughs> because I sit there and I have to have some kind of a sound to be mm. able to focus on. 
Um, if I don't have, well, even then I really do struggle because my mind is just like, mm. you know, I'll be thinking, no, I'm just going to concentrate on this sound and then something will just pop up from nowhere mm. and then there'll be something else. Then it'll be and, then, and I guess that's very similar for everybody, but trying to just quiet my mind mm. a little bit, you know, and just having that just restful, peaceful, yeah. just lovely. Yeah, so I, I tend to do it through more like processes. So through Reiki, for example, I will do like Reiki for myself. I'll give myself Reiki or I will, I mean, there's some kind of resource building stuff within the EMDR. I might do some EMDR stuff for myself. And it has a really powerful impact, you know, to, because it helps to process and it helps to quieten the mind and it helps to calm the mind. And it's all about getting us down to that quiet level where we can hear our heart's desires, you know, where we can hear our heart, we can hear our soul, we can hear why we're really here rather than that busy, fearful mind that is telling us all sorts of things, right? So it's just about quieting that mind. And however that's achieved, I think it doesn't really matter. You know, if it's a walk, in the countryside, because the countryside has got a beautiful way of calming our nervous system, or it's a walk in the park, or it's listening to some really lovely music. It doesn't matter, you know, we don't have to sit cross-legged in a in a chair and try to think of nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I take um I've taken up swimming. Mm. It sounds very, very posh, but I've joined a, a country club. I think me at a country club but I mean it's not I mean it it costs the same as if I was going to go to the swimming pool every every week it costs the same a month as it would if I was going to go to the swimming pool every day but it's the most beautiful place and they have what they call a natural pool within the spa and it's in this walled garden and the pool is fed by a pond which is frogs and fish and see you know wheat not seaweed but weeds and stuff so the the this natural pool doesn't have any chlorine or anything and it's not heated mm-hmm. um so it's, it's cold and for me just to swim in there mm-hmm. it's like I don't know it's just the most amazing feeling in the whole it's just the most beautiful feeling you can you can hear I swim slowly I used to swim for my county so I can swim or I used to be able to swim quite fast but when I swim I swim slowly and deliberately and it's so funny because I'll be there slowly swimming in this cold pond and somebody will come in and they'll be like right I'm I'm gonna get in is it cold is it cold and they're like having this conversation (laughs) then they get in and then they're like right I'm gonna swim and they're just like (laughs) swimming really fast and like I'm like just enjoy it just you know just yeah. take it <laughs> you know but it, oh my goodness it is the most wonderful wonderful place it is just fantastic and you know I'm trying to go as much as I can during the week because it just everything is just calm I don't have my phone with me it's my I found something beautiful, you know, apart from my drawing, that I'm just loving. I'm not I'm there with you in the pool, Bonnie. I'm swimming there with you. I can totally imagine it. It sounds amazing. 
think my I might come and visit you there. Oh yeah, well you should. You should. Mm. My daughter, took, my daughter took a, took a video. I said, "Oh, I'm just going to float because I've got this thing I can just float." Mm. I just stepped like this, and she took a video of me floating around this pool, and she <laughs> sent it on Snapchat to my um, nieces, and they were like, "Oh my god, she looks like a dead body in the pond. Oh no! <laughs> oh, but it's lovely. Oh, it's just the most lovely place. Mm. And it's uh, it's sort of, I really think it tells us, you know, lockdown as well had this impact for many people who all they could do was maybe just go for a walk and everything quiets down. And for many people, I know many people suffered in lockdown, but also many people, I think, discovered the quiet within and just the whole busyness around us. And we started to discover this sort of quietness within us and absolutely how wonderful that can be. You know, and just how, yeah, that's just magical. And I think that connects us to something higher, maybe, you know, spirituality or a connection through nature or, you know, I guess it's about feeling like we're part of the world and we're part of something bigger, like the trees and the pond, and we all come from the same thing. You know, we all come from the earth. We are all one, really. You know, we can start thinking and you can start thinking and connecting like that. I think that's very healthy, very healthy. The problem is, of course, if you have turmoil and chaos inside of you, you don't like the silence, right? Because then that becomes exasperated. That's yeah. where the therapy comes in, right? No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm thinking we've got a sort of 10 minutes. I would really love you to share about your gorgeous little dog. Yes, he came in a car from Romania. I think, sadly, it was some story around him coming and someone got him for his daughter and it didn't work out and everything. And anyway, I just saw his little face on the website and I saw his little face and he was looking at me in the picture and I just thought, you are my soulmate. I need to go and get you somehow. I was actually in Italy at the moment at that time. So I flew back. I didn't tell my partner at the time what I was doing. I just said, oh, my business really needs me. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and I went out to Harrow and I found him in a house in Harrow, just him in a little box and nothing. And uh, yeah, and he came, he came with me and he's been with me ever since. We are like inseparable. Uh, we lo- I love him so much. And he was through lockdown. So um, when I got him, I... My friend was laughing at me the other day. He's a little Maltese Bichon mix. He's very, his name is Mowgli. He's very confident. He's way too confident for his own good. I went to the countryside outside Oxford to see a friend the other day. She has a greyhound like yours, huge. And so this greyhound was thundering through and he was kind of bouncing after her like a little bunny rabbit with his white ears flapping. But he loves the water. So he jumped into, is it the Thames that goes through Oxford? No. <laughs> the river anyway. She, he jumped right into the river. And yeah, we have to get in and, and rescue him. He can swim. But there were some pirates and he couldn't get out. So he's a right little rascal. <laughs> Oh, bless him. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and like you were saying, you're you're inseparable and he's he's with you. And I know every time anybody comes to the door, he's barking. And it's, the yeah. same. it's just like, oh, my Lord. Um, but you kind of get used to it. But just having 
dogs around you is the most wonderful thing isn't it it's so amazing and you know people I, I talked about getting a dog for a long time and people say oh it's so much responsibility so much work and when I got it I was like that doesn't make sense because the love just takes over it doesn't feel like a responsibility you know it doesn't feel like work it just feels like you just love this creature and they depend on you and you have to feed them and you have to make them happy and their happiness is in your hands which actually is a big responsibility but their health their happiness and he brings me out and he's the social butterfly of the of the area so since i got him i've i know all the neighbors now or they know him and, <laughs> yes. you know and all the dogs know each other <laughs> yes exactly all the dogs know each other and we just go we've been going to the park almost every every day at least three four times a week to kensington gardens and he runs around and has the time of his life and just loves it yeah it, they do they really like have a special place in your heart Oh, they, oh, honestly, they so do. We, our, we're getting a, a new puppy in October. Oh, <laughs> um, just because three large dogs isn't isn't nearly enough. What um, kind of puppy are you getting? Well, she's a she's a cockapoo, so she's a, a she's going to look like a very small version of Nelly, my my mm. Newfie. Yeah, she's about in, I think she's eleven days old now. Um, she's called Dora, Theodora as her Sunday name. Um, and she's like a dark chocolatey brown but I've always you know I've already got this I've got little chairs I've got a couple of like little chairs that I've got now that my big dogs can't get on so that those will be her yeah oh you know and she's got space on the space on the bed (laughs) yeah well so people would tell me because he's my first dog since I had a kid you know since I since I was a kid and uh people would say so are you going to crate him at night and I was like no, I've just ordered some stairs so he can get up into the bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I might need to do that. I might need some stuff. I mean, honestly, I when I love your family. Yes, honestly, I wake up in the morning and normally I've got my black and white dog slipper. I've normally got one of her paws either sort of in my, in my mouth <laughs> or in or in my hand and she sort of sleeps on the bed upside down Aww. and then um Nelly Nelly starts off on the bed when I when I go to bed and then in the morning she's on the floor and the other two have like sort of bullied her off the bed and they're they're then on the mm. bed and I'm literally hanging off the edge <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah it's a cartoon there's a cartoon in that definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, just, oh they're, they're so wonderful though and they just mm. you know always happy always pleased to see you you know I'll go out shopping come back and it's like I've been gone for three years <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. I don't know mm. oh so well um it's been really really lovely to chat to you I, yeah. I these conversations I love having these conversations well conversations about the dogs but conversations about the the psychology and mm. the, the, the how people work and everything I think it's it's just so interesting mm-hmm. to kind of talk about it and yeah. move it backwards and forwards, isn't it? So it's been really, really nice to talk. It's to been you. so great to be on with you, Bonnie, and your enthusiasm, you know, and your energy is just wonderful. And you've just, I admire you so much as well, what you've done with your business. I've, I've told lots of people about you and, Aww. you know, like you went from 
not doing, I mean, you're all this, I mean, it's just a few years, isn't it? And like, look at what you've accomplished. Like, you must be so proud. You're a rock star. You really oh. are. I just, <laughs> you guys, thank you. Yeah, no, I really do. I've told clients about you and I said, look at what she's accomplished. You know, what she do? She draws. She's making a business out of drawing. It's so incredible. You know, it's so inspirational. And it takes courage. That's what it is. That's what I say, brave women. It takes courage. Love what we've gone through, you know. The, the other thing as well is I think it takes an open mind to know when you need to hand stuff over to other people. Mm. I've got a really amazing little team of mm. people who are very different but that work you know, they kind of just come together and, you, you know, one person's got this amazing quality, one person's got this amazing quality and it's bringing those fantastic qualities from other people around and I've got the most brilliant team, you know, and they all are are equally fantastic and that I feel is what's, you know, really helped me to get mm-hmm. to where I am now, which is just wonderful, isn't it? That you can find people who, mm-hmm. who, are, who are so passionate about what I do. Yeah. That they can help me get to where I want to be, which is just, which is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, you're lucky. And also it's, they say when the teacher is ready, the student appears, or when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? You know, but, and you're, you're very fortunate because you're, you're intuitive. So you know how to judge. I think you know how to get the right people, you know, uh, it, it, you've, you've made good choices with the people that you've surrounded yourself with. They're all genuine and they all, you know, are supporting you, which which is amazing. But it's also a testament to you because it's not easy to work with people. So the fact that you are open and you are able to bring people into a team, that's that's not an easy thing. So that goes on you again. <laughs> I'm not very good at taking compliments. I always bash it back. <laughs> I know you're not allowed. You know, it's the body glasses, isn't it? You need to wear your own glasses. Wear my own, I know. Brilliant. Well, honestly, it's been so, so, so lovely to chat to you. And you we need to do it. We need to do it more. I need to have everybody, everybody from the coaching uh, course needs yeah. to come up here and we'll we'll book the spa out and we'll go and have a spa day. Oh, oh. my God. I'm gonna take you up on that. I'm gonna spread a rumor now that you've all invited us. Yes, that's yes. That's- yeah. <laughs> We'll all go swimming in the pond. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. It sounds gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Nina, for, for taking the time out to speak to me. Yeah. And um, yes, we'll catch up again really, really soon. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Great. Thank all you. Right. Take care. Bye. 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 I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.